Last time on Offscript, we explored the experience of former female MLAs and the barriers they faced inside and outside the legislature. Where we left off, Yvonne Atwell was describing a joke that she and other women MLAs would play on the men, who she said could be really very mean. In the House, it was, it was not a comfortable place to be, only with my colleagues, right? And there were more women there at that time. I think there was five of us or six of us. So it was, it was great the way we, uh, sometimes we would just tease the opposition and all the women would sit in the front row just for fun, stuff like that. <laughs> You're listening to On the Record, Off Script, and I'm your host, Sandra Hannibal. This week on Offscript, I'm calling the project research lead, Louise Cockrum, about how or whether sexism in Nova Scotia compares to the experience of MLAs in the rest of Canada. In particular, we talk about a few notable leaders, Sandra Jansen, Joanne Bernard, Kathy Bennett, and Rana Bakari, who spoke out against gendered harassment. Louise Cockrum is a PhD candidate in political science at Carleton University right now. But she used to live here in Nova Scotia, where she interviewed many of the ex-MLAs featured in the show. Quick warning, the content we share and discuss might be a trigger for some, and probably offensive to many. You know, this isn't isolated to our province. Um, it's, it happens, you know, across the country. Um, and I think that, like, you know, the question of, you know, is it worse in Nova Scotia compared to the rest of Canada is, I don't know, almost like a moot point because it's like any harassment that's, that targets, you know, female politicians specifically because of their gender is bad. So, you know, even if it happened, you know, less in Nova Scotia, than say in BC or even if it happened like, you know, less in uh, at the federal level and more at the provincial level in Nova Scotia. Like, I mean, it's still bad. Like it's still, you know, targeting uh, MLAs based on their gender. So I, like, I don't think you can really quantify whether or not, you know, an experience of sexism or experiences of sexism are worse or better in, different parts of the country because it's all pretty bad. There are three stories um, with respect to, I guess, experiences that women face in the house that have kind of uh, cropped up in the news over the past year. And these have kind of received a lot of prominence. So there was this MLA in Alberta called Sandra Jansen, who she um, crossed the floor uh, she was previously a PC MLA, and then she crossed over to the NDP caucus, and um, she received quite a lot of, um, um, you know, pushback for that, that uh, she saw as really gendered, and she actually, she listed um, a series of insults that she received online. Um, it, like, and she listed these in the house, and they're quite jarring. What a traitorous bitch. You are both a disgrace to Alberta, lying bitches. Now you have two blonde bimbos in a party that is clueless. Another useless tit goes NDP. Dead meat. Sandra should stay in the kitchen where she belongs. Fly with the crows and get shot. 
dumb broad, a good place for her to be is with the rest of the queers. It's a certain type of um, comment that um, female MLAs receive. I think it's really good to speak out about these instances and speak about them and try and, um, you know, get people to understand exactly what it's like to be a female MLA. You know, she's uh, kind of concerned that people might be dissuaded from entering politics. And this is what she has to say. To all of the honourable colleagues in this House, if you are stunned by the words you have heard in the last few days, if you reject the inherent violence behind them, and you know that harassment and abuse, even if it's verbal, even if it's online, and even if it's directed at a political opponent, is poison. Let us be strong and clear in our resolve that no matter where we sit along political lines, we stand together against this. In our words and our actions every day from all sides, if we don't feed it, we must oppose it. Please oppose it. Don't ignore it. Don't look the other way. Don't excuse it. Because our daughters are watching us. They are watching the challenges facing women in politics today. And imagine if we let that poison become normalized, or if our daughters forego the political arena altogether. That scares me. Like, so, I, I mean, people say, you know, like, you know, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never harm you. I guess the implication from, um, you know, Sandra Johnson's speech is the idea that words have real impact in terms of gender disparities. Like, it's insults that happen that men get a lot less of. So there was another um, instance in the past year of uh, a female Emily who was the leader of the Liberal Party in Manitoba. She talks about a very, very kind of common dilemma that women face. Like think about, put yourself in my perspective. You know, I have people saying, okay, well, you're weak, you can't take it, you're, you're unable to do this. Um, and then me going to the police in this kind of scenario and then everyone's just going to be like, okay, well, look at her, she can't take anything. Um, but would, so don't, would you consider, like, I mean, getting today, to your, to, in social media, getting a picture of a man's penis yep. sent to you while you're yeah. campaigning for office? Yeah. That's Does it, like, do you think that that's not, like, sexual harassment? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's sexual harassment. It's absolutely sexual but harassment. But you felt that you had to keep it quiet. I, I felt what many other women feel like in those situations is that, um, you know, how do you... What are you willing to take? Are you willing to take the backlash of going public with this? Uh, or do you just suck it up and keep moving? Um, but don't you think that it should be the opposite of backlash? 100%. That there be people... That clip from Rani uh, Bukhari, who was the former liberal leader in Manitoba, kind of speaks to this dilemma that women feel. Should you go public with a sexist incident? and seem weak because um, you're talking about your feelings, you're talking about yourself as a victim. On the other hand, like it's, you almost have an obligation to, you know, you need to speak out against these incidents so that the next woman who comes in to be a leader doesn't have the same, I guess, problems. They don't, there's not the same culture of, well, it's acceptable. 
Back to the podcast in a moment. The Offscript podcast is made possible by the listeners who help cover the cost of bringing these episodes to you each week. Every dollar that's donated to the podcast goes directly to the cost of producing it. You can become a donor at offscript.ca donate for as little as $3, $5, or maybe even a whopping $8 a month. Okay, back to the podcast. What do you think that that is that people that were interviewed for this project talked about the masculine ethos? The masculine ethos of the legislature. Well, if you have an institution that has been dominated by men for centuries and still is to some extent today, inevitably, that's going to be like a very masculine space. It's almost like a locker room. The legislature is very, you know, small and cramped and that kind of increases antagonism. The female MLAs we interviewed said that they were able to withstand you know, sexist instance because they're strong, because they're, you know, they didn't want to put too much emphasis on the fact that they were a woman. Um, you know, they didn't want their gender to define their time in office. Mm-hmm. Yet they still, the way that they mentioned gender was the idea that the, the house is a, ma- a very masculine space. They didn't feel like the legislature was their space. Like they didn't really feel like, it, they didn't really feel comfortable. The first woman, I guess, was elected in 1961. We still don't have gender parity. 1961 was 56 years ago. So that is a slow crawl. And there was a really prominent example um, of sexism um, last year when uh, the Minister of Finance in Newfoundland Kathy Bennett held a press conference, um, and this was in December, just before the holiday period. Accepting the role of Minister of Finance, I knew this would be challenging. I knew really tough choices would have to be made. What I didn't anticipate was the tone and the slant of many of these messages. I was body shamed. My life was threatened, and I was bullied. It's been quite a journey for me, struggling being a minister of the crown, a daughter, a wife, and a mother. And I want my kids to grow up in a prosperous Newfoundland and Labrador. I don't want my kids to fear for my life or theirs. It kind of sparked a bit of a conversation like I guess nationally about how female politicians are treated. The local radio show down in Halifax, Information Morning, actually um, interviewed some Nova Scotia MLAs, current ones, uh, Joanne Bernard, Lenore Zahn and Carla McFarlane. This is what the Dartmouth MLA and Community Services Minister Joanne Bernard had to say. I am, you know, sad to say I was not surprised. The vile comments that she noted last week um, 
I think uh, if women want to enter politics these days, I know I'm mentoring a young woman now, it's eyes wide open. You have to expect this. For some reason, uh, the female body in every way, shape, and form, and in any shape or form, uh, is open for scrutiny and open for ridicule and open for comment. Um, And uh, I can tell you when I was thinking of running, uh, I had uh, lunch with many women who uh, uh, had either run or were very politically motivated. And uh, the one lunch that almost stopped me in my tracks was the lunch with Mary Clancy. Uh, And she commented and she told me straightforward all of the the fat shaming and and the vile misogynistic comments that had come her way over her career. And I I tell you, it, it gave me pause. Um, and uh, I thought long and hard about whether or not I wanted to subject myself to that type of abuse. We're not saying that women shouldn't ever be criticized. Like, you know, the solution is not, like, it's not to try and uh, absolve, you know, female politicians from scrutiny or criticism. It's to try and uh, take the gendered element out. Thanks for listening to the Offscript podcast. I'll be back next week with a brand new full-length episode where we'll continue our journey of following the career path of an MLA through the stories of former MLAs themselves. In the meantime, don't forget to check out the Offscript column over at localexpress.ca and sign up to be a monthly donor at offscript.ca slash donate.